All right, Sequel Rights listeners, it's now time to please rise and join in singing the Sequel Rights anthem in honor of 150 episodes. Sequel Rights, we watch together movies one by one. We have shared another franchise. Whispers me to our hearts. Join Benji, Purge, and Tremors. Tremors, Purge, Benji. And Sequel Rise, the franchise lasts long as audience demand. On the train or in the shower. Whenever we have time Films and movies we devour Sequels really shine Join Benji, Purge and Tremors Tremors, Purge, Benji At Sequel Rise, the franchise lasts long Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hyvinson. And uh, as you heard, we're doing something different this week. We are here celebrating 150 episodes. Woo! Good God. Yeah. <laughs> I got my... I, Gotta watch them all. That's right. I popped some champagne just for this all. night. You're ready. Ready to party. Clink, clink. Cheers. That's right. Um, I picked up the blue version. Elis picked up the red version. (laughs) (laughs) I loved. uh, Yeah, so funny. Uh, I loved, uh, you know, we're playing the uh, the music clips live here tonight and i was having a hard time not laughing through uh the, the no. sequel rights anthem at the, at the i start. forgot that you called out tyler for the train and all that yeah stuff in there. uh guys so that's one of the greatest sadnesses of this pandemic not the hundreds of thousands of people that have died but that i can no longer watch pornographic sequels on a train i know Man, I, I would have liked to see the reactions of people while you watched those Bring It On sequels for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's almost as bad as pornographic. Sex it, no, scenes. it would have been it would have been worse. Really, <laughs> it's like there's a bunch of people out in the world just thinking you're totally normal now and not thinking you're weird at all. That's not right. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. We can't have that. <laughs> there's no mothers taking their children's off of the train car that I'm on. Oh God. <laughs> well, you guys, we we have a. Uh, We've pulled together a fun episode here today, looking back at some of our favorite moments um, of the past 150 episodes. 
just a little fun uh, clip show recap remembrance episode for all our listeners out there. And it could be a good starting point for anyone who uh, is just hopping in and hearing us for the first time. Maybe uh, some of these clips that we have and surprises we have coming up uh, tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this will make you interested in checking out more episodes. So thanks for being here. Uh, should we get right into it? Oh, I think we get right into it. After 150 episodes, that's what we do. We get well, actually, it. though, if you do want to email us, it's sequelrights at oh. gmail.com. <laughs> and you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And please rate, review on Apple Podcasts, or uh, let us know on social media if at the end of this episode, if there's something that we missed, if there was some other thing that you want us to pull out of the sequel rights vault, uh, <laughs> let us know, uh, and we'll find a way to do that. Uh, it's been really fun putting these episodes together for everybody out there, and we love hearing from fans telling us you know, the things that they really enjoy, and hopefully we have most of it here in this episode. That's right. All right, now we can get right into it. All right, it. all right. Yeah, I think we got a good little smattering of, uh, you know, stuff throughout the, our 150 episodes. Um, I think, you know, uh, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think one of the most exciting things that we get to do on this podcast is uh, every once in a while we get to bring in some amazing guests and uh, mm-hmm. and land some awesome people for interviews. And so we wanted to kind of go through and highlight some of the, the fun interviews and guests we've had throughout throughout the the show so far. Um, And I mean, we have to start with our most recent one that I think, you know, it's the most recent and also the one that we, you know, we're really excited about still. uh, And that was having Alexa Penavega on for uh, an interview about the spy kids franchise. Yeah. So speaking of the family relationship, uh, I wanted to ask you like what your relationship with uh, Daryl Sabra was like and how it changed like over all the years you were guys were together and uh, like, what's it like now? So I've known Daryl, actually, we did a TV show together before Spy Kids. Um, okay. he, he, I think he did like a couple episodes of a show called Life's Work way back when. So I knew him when he was like three years old. <laughs> so then he, uh, we both end up doing Spy Kids together and we were legit like brother and sister. We loved each other and hated each other. He <laughs> would get under my skin and he loved to make me so mad, like like a little brother. He would pester me all the time and he would do it on purpose, but then he would like come over and bring me a donut and be like, I love you so much. You're the greatest <laughs> sister. So it really was this like family thing, but you would see us on set and I, I don't know how I never got in trouble, but I'd be like, Daryl! And I'd like push him. I just remember being so annoyed. <laughs> uh, it was such a pleasure to get to talk to talk with her. Um, I mean, what did you guys think? That was that was a highlight. She for me. was just like so open and funny and friendly. Like you can see, you know, why she became a popular actress. Like it just definitely. I mean, I've listened to that interview now, like maybe six or seven times completely because I transcribed it. I made it into videos for us. I did all these <laughs> things, but. Um, uh, you know, I uh, it's it's still entertaining every time. And another thing uh, that I miss about being a journalist of the written word is that you never have to read your questions again or hear back what you said. You only get to view the beautiful quotes of the person you're interviewing. <laughs> yeah, it was such a fun interview. It was just. <sighs> It was really great, especially just because there was such a, a insight and such a unique time of filmmaking and, and when she was there. And it was just really interesting. If you, I highly recommend going back and listening to the whole thing if you missed it. And going back and revisiting Spy Kids 1 and 2 because they're surprisingly great. 
Yeah, I mean, if you've been uh, following along on our socials at all, uh, you'll see that uh, what we played tonight is just a very small clip, and there are some really uh, enticing uh, stories that she shares with us that apparently she hasn't set, shared anywhere else. So uh, definitely go and check out our uh, episode with her. It's the Spy Kids 3D Game Over episode with Alexa Penavega. Yeah. Yes, but you can you can probably skip the Spy Kids 3D movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she she allows it herself. She says so in the interview. That's right. <laughs> that, was, that was great. So one thing that I think we all really love about movies is the music. Uh, mm. And so one thing we wanted to do throughout tonight was highlight some of our favorite songs from these franchises. Uh, and we're also obsessed with the Oscars and award shows. So <laughs> in that fashion, uh, I'm going to cut in every so often often with one of our nominees for best sequel song and it was so hard to narrow it down uh you know it's an honor for these songs just to be nominated by us but in order for me to narrow it down to five i really had to just keep it to songs that are sung so no themes like dragon heart or whatever because that's just gonna be way you know that's going to be way too many. And then it's only songs from sequels, never the first movie. That was the mm-hmm. only possible way to narrow this down. <laughs> so our first nominee from the film Herbie Goes Bananas is I Found a New Friend by Frank Duvall. Questionable rhymes. <laughs> oh man, they're, they're you know I can't wait for you guys to hear. Some of you might have missed some of these songs that we played because we always bring up these crazy songs in uh, whenever they occur. They, in our it's somehow it's like whenever a sequel where the franchise goes on long enough, there's somebody associated with it who's like. I've been tinkering in the garage with my with a little ditty I'd like to share with you guys, and yep. they they it, sometimes not in the second movie, but by the third or fourth they emerge, and yeah. oh boy, yeah, and uh, I think you know we have there, I think there's some stiff competition. Uh, <laughs> I there absolutely is <laughs> coming up in this in this best song category tonight. But right. uh, in the meantime, you can order uh, delivery from our new smoothie business, Banana Manana. You have to do <laughs> your uh, orders the day before. But uh, yes, we will get you a smoothie. <laughs> we only uh, deliver to the LA. Sounds like an awful business plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's banana tomorrow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> banana tomorrow. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't think I'd order from them. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm sorry. It's our business. You own a third of it. <laughs> I quit. All right. I'm selling my shares and going to Cabo or something. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, why don't we get back into uh, another of our fun interviews here? Um, 
we had the opportunity oh, to man. have on uh, Matthew Feichens, uh, whose uh, father, Buzz Feichens, was producer on um, the original three Rambo movies and a bunch of other ones. As and Conan and like a lot of just late 70s, early 80s macho action films. It was so much fun to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, later on came in for our, our Dragon Heart series. And one of my favorite people that we've talked to. Uh, Buzz was a producer on, um, you know, big notable ones being Conan the Barbarian total recall uh and uh, a host of others of the big action movies of the yeah 80s just and the, 90s. the pillars of, of <laughs> 80s action movies. The, the ones that have all the muscles yeah exactly they're absolutely exactly and being gay i very quickly early on noticed those muscles <laughs> and, I, and i was like did anyone else noticing how homoerotic this is but, uh, maybe you know, no one else did at the time yeah, right. let's uh, get more close of these biceps could exactly. be greasier I, there were i i definitely remember there were moments where uh, stallone you know, would uh, would would stop a stop a take, or at least say, you know, I don't know if we're getting quite the abs, you know, like <laughs> the, the light on the on the, on these as they as we should. But anyway, nice. Uh, so yeah, Buzz was uh, involved in in these films uh, early on, and and it's, it's funny watching them. You know, as you guys do, you sit and yeah. you watch them and discuss them. And I sit and I watch them, and, I'm up and I go. Okay, I'm I'm right there. I'm hiding behind that pillar, and I'm ducking down because you know they could. Oh you could get these weird sense memories where you kind of remember where you were, yeah. you know, in Hope, Alaska, or rather Hope, Canada, Hope, British Columbia, you know, in in whatever winter of 1981. Oh man, what a guy! I mean, the the whole way that we even came into contact with him was that in the early Dragonheart episodes, he liked one of our tweets. And so when I noticed his dad's name in the Rambo credits, I was like, I'm going to message that guy and just like, see what's up. And it like, it worked. And, you know, now it's a lot easier to agree to an interview because it's all on zoom. We're all quarantined, but he came out to my work in the conference room for the first time we interviewed him. And the second time he came to Justin's house and was just so nice and so cool. Yeah, it sat with us in just a a treasure trove of filmmaking knowledge, filmmaking history. Oh, yeah. Um, really uh, just a joy to talk to. And every single like I've we had we had to cut off the the interviews because otherwise I just would have chewed his ear off for, you know, five <laughs> hours. Just like, oh, what happened here? Like, tell me about Total Recall. Um, yeah, but we, we got a lot of good feedback on that interview as well. It's definitely one of the most like, uh, yeah, the Dragonheart fans, uh, yeah. and I, I, I can't wait to see the next one too. Yeah. So yeah, check out a couple interviews with Matthew Feitchens on, uh, Rambo three and Dragonheart vengeance. Yeah. And go back on, on Rambo too. I think that, you know, it's one of the ones that I think starts the most promising and ends in the most disappointing place. Um, <laughs> But I, I do think that there's some there's a lot to be said there. And I think that uh, uh, it's I, I'm proud that we did that one. I think that there is a lot of sequel uh, pitfalls mm-hmm. that rear their heads uh, at that moment. And I'm glad we waited a little bit in this podcast before we tackled something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get back to Rambo later. But first, <laughs> speaking of Vietnam, it's time for our second nominee for best song. It is from Braddock, Missing in Action 3, In Your Eyes by Ron Bloom. (laughs) 
over the end of Braddock Missing in Action 3 where he is escaping with tons of doy children, the dust of life, the half American, half Vietnamese children who really have no concept of freedom or an American eagle, yet somehow the love of it is in their eyes. They just love well, that freedom. The, the precursor to the inevitable sitcom where Braddock takes them all home and lives in a house with all of them. <laughs> the I fact mean, that it goes into a sack so yes, low. No, that, exactly. That's what makes it the sitcom. <laughs> like, I had a hard time. I had a hard time choosing which part of the song to use because there's two very distinct parts. The intro is just this amazing like. His vocals are nuts on this intro, and I was like, "Oh man!" But we got to get to the saxophone. The nineties, <laughs> like. You know, full house or whatever saxophone. I got to get to it. Yeah. Uh, so this is a little bit uh, one of the longer song clips, but it is worth it. <laughs> oh my god, that's so ridiculous. So that's that's number two. It'll be exciting to see who wins the nomination here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> two down, three to go. Um, speaking of three. Oh, <laughs> that is an A plus transition that I wish that we could give. Awards too, but we cannot. I know. Uh, we're starting off with all these interviews from our third, <laughs> third movie episode. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. But uh, I think this is one of the our our earliest uh, interviews that we got um, on the it podcast. Is. Even though uh, this is already episode forty by the time we're having S.S. Um, S. Wilson on, a creator of the Tremors franchise, and I think this was. Yeah, being able to have him on here was the first time that we really felt like, oh man, like, wow, we can get like these really cool guests and 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 have an amazing conversation with these people that have created franchises that are long lasting and still continuing to this day, like Tremors. Um, there's a new one coming out sometime <laughs> soon. Yeah, and um, I think it does get to the like the heart of what you know when we started this podcast. We the idea was not to roast bad movies. Mm-hmm. No, like it was it like the the each and every movie a fair trial. Like that it was us talking about like we know that there's people making these movies. We know that there's an idea behind it, and I think that there's something interesting about you know really upholding and loving the idea of what an idea that's strong enough to make a franchise. And to then discuss with the people that are part of that, how that idea gets deviations, how the actual moving movie making industry kind of comes in and sometimes subverts, but sometimes enhances everything. And I, 
really this SS Wilson conversation that we're about to play here was the first step in that because tremors, when we're talking about one, two, three, four, four. Uh, are, are a lot of the same creative team yeah. and some really wonderful movies. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting that even if the, the movies that we walk, we watch that are kind of a slog, it's, I love talking to the people who are behind them and the ideas that are behind them, the things that could be there and maybe weren't there, but they always seem to have ideas about what could be next. And I think that's really what this is about. Why do you think that you and your team were so great at creating these really strong female co-leads? I am so glad to hear that because I do feel like we were ahead of the curve and it wasn't like we set out to do that in in a way. It's something that we felt was important from the get go. Uh, We always knew, I, I guess I would say that in some instance, it, all of our discussion about character and tremors one was was we will not do any fifties tropes mm-hmm. other than that the girl is a scientist and uh, uh, so everything about Rhonda was going to not be you know the helpless person being helped by the sheriff who doesn't know anything and shouldn't know anything and uh, so. That mindset was there going in. And then I guess both of us are just, we just like capable women anyway. So uh, that was something that then just continued through all the movies. But I am glad to hear that because it is something that we don't often hear. <laughs> the, the one thing I get from geeky fanboys is, Rhonda's not very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, come on. And I always, I always go, have you looked at Finn Carter? But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That, that was great. <laughs> and you're yeah. right. That was like the first franchise where we really had like guests that were really connected to um, that because the episode right after that, we interviewed Sam Lee for the kid from Tremors four, which was so yeah. cool. And um, yeah. And that was also the first interview that it wasn't like, we really had to plan it carefully because there, there are many, um, you know, sensitive things about what ended up happening with Stampede Entertainment, S.S. Wilson's company, and the Tremors franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we 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 asked him about it, we, and he did not shy away from answering honestly about, you know, how heartbreaking it was for them to kind of lose the franchise. And it was just so impressive how uh, open he was willing to be with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on here. You know, we've been playing all these songs for the original song category. But, uh, you know, Sequel Rights has some uh, uh, original songs as well. Uh, you may have heard, you know, well, at the beginning you heard the uh, Sequel Rights anthem. I believe that came from our uh, Dirty Dancing episode. Yeah, this um, is which I thought was Meatballs thing. when I was listening to it. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, oh, no, it was the other summer camp movie. No, that's Meatballs. Meatballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meatballs. Yeah. So funny. Um, what, what were you saying, Liz? This is the, the best adapted. This is best adapted song, a new category. Oh yes, Justin's the only nominee. I mean, he's going to be <laughs> modest, but Tyler and I get so happy when he. Does oh yeah, these no, songs. like no. How these work? Uh, just, just a little bit of behind the scenes here. <laughs> Do an episode. And, like, most of these have some dumb song that we'll talk about. But sometimes uh, the muse is lurking around Justin Camp's apartment or he is struck by the lightning bolt of inspiration. (laughs) And there is no, like, this is absolutely true. 
There is no greater joy when in our Slack I just get a MP3 sent my way with no explanation. Like I'll like I'll call my girlfriend over and I'll be like, okay, we have to listen to this. Like Justin just sent an MP3. <laughs> like this is oh, like I I am so excited and I have never ever 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 been disappointed <laughs> by by clicking on this mp3 it's always something incredible like what you're about to hear <laughs> uh let's do a little bit of setup here so this is from uh this was with uh came after our free willy three episode i believe <laughs> yes where one of the murderous main... whaler father <laughs> right. yes yeah yeah it's <laughs> the most absurd <laughs> setup for a movie <laughs> Where the dad was just out to kill killer whales for no reason. Yeah. Just making money and selling them for meat. It's his right. <laughs> it's his right. My papa was a whaler. I'm a whaler. That's right. You might say he was born to be whaled. My name is John Wesley. My granddad was a whaler. My dad was a whaler. And I'm a whaler, too. Get your boat a running. Head out on the seaway. Looking for Kujira. Gonna get a whale payday. Yeah, Max, we're gonna make it happen. Shoot a whale right in the face. Fire all the harpoons at once and put whale on the plates. I like boats and fishing. Rocking ocean waters Shooting things with fins There ain't nothing like the slaughters Yeah, Max, we're gonna make it happen Shoot a whale right in the face Fire all the harpoons at once and Put whale on the plates Oh, like a true whaler's child We were sworn, sworn to the coming from free willy three where our jesse is driving down a freeway listening to born to be wild for some reason <laughs> because the movie couldn't have seemed to afford anything else that was expensive yeah. but they paid for that song and i believe uh tyler made some amazing alternate artwork uh for the steppenwolf single <laughs> that we probably posted up on instagram somewhere oh yes that's true <laughs> <laughs> so another really great interview that we did uh that we want to highlight here uh this was like a weird friend of a friend situation uh one of my high school friends sean davidson who we uh interviewed also for a different episode but he 
happen to be Facebook acquaintances with uh, one of the actresses from Home Alone 1 and 2, uh, Terry Snell, who plays uh, Macaulay Culkin's aunt in those two films. And she uh, told us about some of her really amazing stories around those two films, including working with John Hughes. I I just love that man. I, I'm so sorry he's gone. He was such a treasure. Yes, eccentric. Eccentric. Not any other way to say it, but he was eccentric. <laughs> but he was so brilliant, and he was so kind, and he was so fun. And I know he gave the studios a little bit of a tussle from time to time because he held firm to what his ideas and his beliefs were. But it was just a pleasure. And frankly, he made my life security possible because with home alone one and home alone two and the other films that i've done it vested my pension it vested my health care for the rest of my life it was like thank you jesus here we go yeah that's amazing oh man yeah she was great she told us about like a religious experience she had had after her divorce when she got the role in home alone and like you know, just really great, great memories about those movies. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember from that interview where she told the story about how her car broke down on the way to the audition, like, yeah. on the, you know, and that it was, you know, in the middle of her divorce, and that it was just, it seemed <laughs> yeah. like God was against her. And then she got this role and worked with John, and, and she worked with John previously on a, another film that I don't quite recall off the top of my head at the moment, but was one of the the more what I got from this interview was just so humbling of just what a, a community filmmakers are and what a community is to be storytellers mm. and just that there's just this shared camaraderie uh, with a lot of people and around these movies uh, that was just really wonderful. And she was just fantastic. Yeah. And like what, what a, yeah, what a life changing event it can be to land a role even yeah. something on the smaller side, like, you know, her role in the, those first two films that just become these beloved classics that people watch all the time. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're like, everybody knows who that is. Yep, right. Exactly. Like pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So I promised we'd come back to Rambo. And so our next nominee for best song from the interestingly titled Rambo colon first blood part two is Peace in Our Life by Frank Stallone. That was amazing. Fake out ending when it goes back into the like Rambo song. Yeah. Oh so, man, so hilarious. Just going oh, hard with these so power hard. ballads here. <laughs> yeah, and so I should far. say, uh, I picked all of these. I did not uh, commiserate with Justin and Tyler. I just picked the ones that have been. <laughs> I, I narrowed it down by that criteria I told you earlier. But also, I was like, these are the ones that 
just randomly will come into my head as I go about <laughs> my day. You know, something will trigger a, like my memory and I'll be like, oh, peace and uh, you know, like, <laughs> <Peace> <laughs> like they're just really catchy, even yeah. though they're sometimes they over the top. That's, that's what silly. makes them And I mean, okay, great. you know, like I know Frank and Sylvester Stallone had, you know, really good motivations. They were writing this song in honor of the Vietnam vets, but it's, <laughs> it's really <laughs> over the top. Oh man, yeah. Uh the so as f- maybe forced and random the placement of these songs might feel in this episode, rest assured that they make more sense in this sequence than they do in the <laughs> movies that they appear in. <laughs> that's right. Well, the, yeah, that's funny with the the piece in your piece in your life like I think that's the one I can't remember if that if it's that one or Braddock, but one of them it's like uh, I couldn't play the beginning of the song cuz I I could only find it uh, ripped from like uh, you know, ripped from the end oh, credits, so like, and there's like chopper noises in the background. And stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Oh man. <sighs> well, diverting from Vietnam, homo. Well, actually, we go from another Christmas, Christmas movie. from to Vietnam back to Christmas. <laughs> that's right, and you know, a, a song that uh, did not make the cut of the film. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no, I, don't think, I don't think this song would have been made any sense. It uh, wouldn't. Let's hear this story about Phil Hartman and uh, my one of my buddies from home also, EJ De La Pena, who played uh, the little kid uh, in Jingle All the Way, not Jake Lloyd from Phantom Menace, the other little kid, and uh, how Phil Hartman entertained the kids on set. And Phil kept us entertained. Aww. He would tell jokes. He would sing songs. Like some of what I remember to this day, like singing songs and oh, all that man. kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> you want to hear that song? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hopefully I'm remembering it right and doing him justice. But it was, um, uh, you make my butt shine. You make my butt shine. <laughs> the more you lick it, the more it shines. The clock is ticking, so keep on. Licking, <laughs> oh how you make my buttocks shine! Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that was the stuff that he oh was doing to, to keep us entertained. And it so, as awesome. eight-year-old boys, you were probably just over oh, the moon. Yeah, oh he had god. our number. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. So this was them talking in context of being trapped inside this car in winter garments on the Universal Studios lot in the summer, that it was kind of miserable to shoot, and that Phil was just a uh, constant force of positivity uh, with the kids and everybody on set, uh, even during some pretty dismal shooting conditions for the first uh, Jingle All the Way movie. And it's just a... I love hearing stories about that, especially about people that I adore. And Phil Hartman is definitely somebody that I, um, from unfrozen caveman lawyer to <laughs> Phil Hartman. Uh, yeah, he's my, he's, he's somebody that I quite enjoy. And I love hearing nice stories. You may remember him. him from such films as anyway, but no, and shout out to EJ for that wonderful performance, because yeah. it's not like he, thought of that the day before or something like i we saw in his eyes that he was like oh like he remembered it right <laughs> yeah, then. i have a bill hartman story right now yeah, yeah and then performed it uh with those lovely uh you know 
affectations and everything. So yeah. that was great. And, and EJ yeah, has a, quite wonderful. EJ has a bunch of other uh, great anecdotes, anecdotes uh, throughout the episode. And I think like, yes. you know, when I was going back and listening to uh, stuff to edit, I think that this is probably one of the funnier episodes we have because <laughs> there's, uh, we have a uh, great fun with an Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard. Uh, throughout the episode. <laughs> uh, and his quotes from that film are ridiculous. <laughs> yes. So, you you gotta gotta check that one out, especially around the holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. I remember going to see that movie with my best buddy Drew uh, when it came out at the United Artists in downtown Henderson. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone has Jingle All the Way memories, oh, so yeah. go back and listen to that movie episode. So our penultimate nominee for best song comes from the amazing. Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. The song is We're Floating with music by William Finn and lyrics by Ellen Fitzhugh. With us forever in and out of sight. That song gets in my head so much. I was going to say the same thing. I don't know why. Torture. It's it's that perfectly timed Ariva (laughs) Darchi. So in my mind, because I can't remember the lyrics, I've made up a false lyric that go like, so in my mind, it's we're floating west to east, we're floating like we're deceased. And I'm like, I know that's not it, but that's how I sing it in my mind every time this song comes back in on possibly a multi-weekly basis. I know. I was going to say the same exact thing, like out of all the songs that we pulled for this uh this best song category that is the one has that has been stuck in my head every day of this week since I since I did that. <laughs> it's just like I think it's just like you know it's just really hummable and like the you know we didn't play any of the verses because they're kind of goofy, but the um the actual chorus and like yeah. at the end when they're just yeah. like la 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 it's like so catchy and fun Something and feel good it, and yeah. you're just like oh man I could just hum this as I walk down the street like da 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 it's really that's cool. right songwriters write something that's hummable. That's all. We, that's all we want. Just some hums. There's also a Pokemon that looks exactly like the balloons that are talking in this movie, and yeah. so every time I see that in the game, I'm like, "Oh, toaster!" It's nine on the hummability scale. <laughs> uh, speaking of the brave little toaster, yeah, boy, <laughs> yeah, boy, I just had yeah, to say boy. That. <laughs> oh boy. That was a great quote from Brave Little Toaster to the rescue. And um, (laughs) we had an amazing interview. Um, You may not know this guy's name, but you definitely know his work because he's the inventor of the Pixar theory that all Pixar movies are connected. And, um, you know, like after my own heart, it's one of those things that's just so overthought. Uh, and meticulous it definitely is really legendary and it was really cool that he came on to talk to us about some of the themes that are the same between the two movies or the series 
But I'm curious if you think that we can learn any grown-up lessons from Brave Little Toaster to the rescue. Oh, gosh. Uh, we kind of talked about this with the internet song. <laughs> but yep. there, I do think that there is some optimism of like, hey, you're using the internet wrong. <laughs> and like <laughs> you, there is a little bit of inspiration in there. And it's like, oh, you, you, know, you can know what she knows and she can know what you know. And like there is something to that. Like I, I know it was like bleakly optimistic, and <laughs> obviously didn't pan out that way. But I, I do think that I did appreciate like they were going for something there, and like I, I until they got to the stuff where like a virus is the common cold. When they were talking about the basic things, like this is how the internet works, like when uh, Victenstein or whatever his name is, when they were explaining how all this stuff works, I, I do think it was like a simple like kid friendly way to explain the internet but for yeah. its time in the late 90s we have to remember like not even the late 90s like what 97 yeah. like mm-hmm. the internet was still pretty fresh mm-hmm. and people like i i still think people have a hard time explaining what the internet literally actually is and i do give this movie credit to an extent for simplifying it and it is sort of like an accessible like here's what the internet is you know, here's the difference between hardware and software. Plugging in, uh, don't forget to save. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. that's a very grown-up lesson people need to. Learn, so. uh-huh. I think, but I think that's about it. <laughs> I forgot that a major, major plot point in those movies is remembering to save. That's right. Yep. Oh, I really loved. God. I think. I think if you went back, uh, you know, and checked out episodes, I think the. The uh, Brave Little Toaster series is is a good one <laughs> because those Absolutely. movies those movies get real insane real quick. Uh, and I think honestly, you know, we picked the floating song. I feel like we probably could have picked like at least two other songs out of out of the, the these worthless franchises. song. I definitely yes. yeah. worthless the car, the car City of Light. Song. I think a yeah. lot. Yeah, um, internet one we were talking about there. Internet, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh man, and that's just a, that episode and with John. The I love that series so, so much. Um, and I frequently, every time there's like subject of uh, electronics coming up, I make myself sound real smart by name checking planned obsolescence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love that. I mean, that series goes from of toaster trying to meet up with its master from a weekend cabin that's been abandoned to a junkyard to them riding a laundry basket to Mars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, as you do, that sounds like a normal life progression for a toaster. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's doing toaster things. Do we ever actually see him make toast? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in a flashback, you do. Once. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good call, Justin. I think that's actually a great one to go back to. Yeah. I... I and, yeah, I have fond memories. Those episodes are really funny, too, I think, just because, yeah, oh, my God, there's so much nonsense in those movies. <laughs> well, I think up next we have perhaps my favorite Justin Camp's original. And this was the first one, I believe. This is the first I one. Thought, it is. Really? So, uh, yeah, I, I went hard on the first one, and everything else after that has just been a joke. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, Dark Man <laughs> just sets you up with the perfect idea. So I know I, I did see some articles going around recently about how Darkman should be you know one of Universal's monsters like main monsters in their catalog. Cause yes. So um. And yeah, these movies were really fun. And 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 if you don't know the character Darkman, he had this whole thing where, uh, you know he he was putting on this like fake skin because he got burned 
right? Yeah, yeah. if you want to, if you want to see the guy who trained Batman and Darth <laughs> Vader be a superhero, then watch Darkman. That's right. And yeah, he has he has fake. He was horribly burned, and he only has skin uh, that lasts for a certain amount of time. That's right. And I think like for this song, uh, I think Tyler or somebody uh, made some offhanded joke about. Uh, what this what this would be in the episode and that was the like uh, you know impetus for me to be like dang you know what i should actually make that it would be really stupid <laughs> and funny um so without further ado here is 99 minutes if you're having light problems and can't stay in the sun you, you got, got 99, 99 minutes till the skin is done i got rags and clothes from the trash you know trolls that want to make sure my lab gets closed tracks what he say he's future Goldstone. My name is Paint Stupid. Here's how the story goes. If Julie hadn't dove in the dark, you hold. We'd be celebrating our marriage after I proposed. Fuck the red. Shooting up my friend Tito. If you don't like your fingers, he can snip some more. Got beef with Julie because homegirl said no. Don't, don't want to get hitched. I don't give a shit. So, Strax men try to kill my freak ass. So, zone holders can give me more land for grass. Fuckers, I don't know what you take me as. Or understand the intelligence that Westlake has. I'm from to ditches, Durant, here I come. I got 99 minutes till the skin is done. 99 minutes till the skin is done. If you're having life problems, I can't stay in the sun. Got 99 minutes till the skin is done. Oh, Hi everyone. Chef's kiss. And no one. <laughs> Everywhere. I wouldn't even have some clips from the movie. Like, wow, the production value on that instrumental. No. <laughs> I love the, the song lyrics immortalize my jokes about Pate, Pate, which only listeners who have listened to every episode would understand. But during the uh, Love Bug and Bring It On series, I made them relentlessly because <laughs> I am so self-absorbed. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you still make those jokes to this day, Yep, which I think is hilarious. Well, I think, you know, we have we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of fun with our uh, our guests uh, on these episodes. But I think like one of the most important guests that we had on uh, was Gabriel Nathan on our uh, Love Bug episode. Our interview with Gabriel Nathan on the first Love Bug. First, this movie series took me by surprise. I'd never watched the Love Bug and was surprised by it. But this interview with him made me kind of reconsider everything that we're doing with this podcast. It was a really um, heartfelt, empathetic thing that just made me want to do more with what we could be talking about, what we could be saying. And I really appreciate what he was able to pull out from this, you know, what from all accounts from people that know about or see about it is a silly movie about a lifting car. But I think that the reason that we all did this podcast is that these types of movies are important to us and even bad movies are important to us and there's a magic to storytelling and there's a magic to movies. And I really uh, was humbled by this interview. I thought that it was really wonderful. And if there's one of these that I can employ you to go back and listen to, it is this one. Here's a clip of Gabriel Nathan talking about the 
suicide attempt scene in The Love Bug that is the catalyst for everything that he is doing today. It's uh, it's it's such a natural evolution of the of the action and the storyline. And really, if you think about suicide, suicide is never one thing. Um, and a lot of researchers and academics, you know, the main thing that that lost survivors are left with is that question why and there there is no why there is no one why. Um, but there are multiple factors that contribute to these things. And so if you look at what's happening to Herbie, you know, there's this great attachment that he has to Jim, um, played by Dean Jones. And Jim, well, several characters talk about that relationship between a man and his car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means and what that signifies. Um, and then that trust is broken and that relationship is broken and you're feeling jilted and you're feeling useless and and it's it's all these things kind of combining. You give so much of yourself to something, and then it goes away in a flash. Um, and that can contribute to to an act like that. Yeah, I highly recommend going back and listening to that entire episode. It's um, uplifting and wonderful and just everything that... Gabriel Nathan is doing is fantastic. Uh, I believe that you can now watch his documentary. Yep, uh, yeah. It's available for streaming. I highly recommend doing that. Um, one of my most favorite interviews that we've done and made one of the interviews that made me reflect upon my own choices in life uh, more than anything that we've done on this podcast. Yeah. And just like kind of behind the scenes, um, it was really amazing because that was right at the beginning of quarantine, like one or two. And we were barely getting started doing remote interviews. And he, you know, he's on the East Coast and called in after he put his kids to bed and he had Internet problems, but kept trying to come back. And it, it was just so amazing and i attended the virtual premiere of his movie and got to see like all the people in the forum afterwards um they did like a q a chatting with him it was just really amazing and one thing that um that interview reminds me of too is that we've been really lucky over the years to book like both you know people that actually worked on these movies but i also you know really take pride in the interviews we've done that are kind of outside of the box Mm -hmm. um you know, like people with some other kind of connection or who can bring a different viewpoint to the movie. Um, people who were affected by these movies. Yes. Yeah. And so this was definitely one of my favorites in that. Vein. Elis, can you can you talk a little bit about what his mission is for the people that don't know and kind of what he's all about just really quickly? Because uh, I think it's important. Yeah, um, you can find him on social media uh, if you look up Love Bug Trump's Hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he basically has his own Herbie with the suicide prevention hotline on the back. And he drives around the country and people just like come up and start talking to him because they're like, whoa, what's that? I recognize that car. Like, what are you doing? And he talks to them and like every people just talk to him about their stories um, of how their lives have been affected by suicide. Uh, And he also goes to like events and health fairs and, um, you know, does a lot of outreach videos and such. And actually the way that we got in touch with him was through um, Justin's friend, Kyle Smith, uh, who -hmm. does his videos for check 15 uh, cancer awareness. So check that out too. But yeah, um, both, you know, great to see what people are uh, using the power of the internet to do uh, positive things to bring it back to that toaster discussion. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're here to have fun, but I like to be able to highlight the people that are doing the work. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, and, and, and he's doing the work through these movies that might, other people might write off. And he's just trying to normalize the conversation about suicide and is a really, it's a really wonderful project. And it was a real honor to speak with him. Yeah, and the uh, the film that Tyler and Eliz are talking about that follows him and Herbie uh, across the country uh, on their trip to bring suicide awareness to everyone is called A Beautiful Day Tomorrow. And if you go to oh, yes. www.abeautifuldaytomorrow.com, you can find more information on where to watch that. Thank you for having that link handy because I felt terrible that I did not. And that is a line from the, the love bug. That and- scene, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really really wonderful. Now we're gonna make a hard pivot. Yes, <laughs> so it's time for our last nominee for best song, and just like the Oscar telecast, the last one is the one that everybody knows is gonna win. And so from Starship Troopers three colon Marauder is this brilliant song. It's a good day to die, written by Bill Myers, Kevin McCourt, and Edward Newmeyer. We call upon our troopers in this our darkest hour. Our way of life is what we're fighting for. The flag that flies above us inspires us each day. Citizens, we fight for what is right. A noble sacrifice. When duty calls, you pay the price for the Federation. I will give my life. <laughs> oh my God, that song, you guys. Uh, I love that song because, as much as Starship Troopers, at its core. Like later on, it ends up being like its own militaristic, like we're going to fight the bugs and like it's aliens or whatever. Like that song gets to the core of what Starship Troopers is, which is this fascist critique of like, uh, you know, going to war and doing these things and how that mines out your soul from the inside. And that song feels like it was something that was sung at youth group on the like... The planets after got to fight the bugs. It's so like it, it that song that comes randomly in the third movie, which isn't that great, is the thesis for the entire franchise. Oh yeah. It is it is so fucking good. I love it so much. It's <laughs> such a great song, inexplicably. I think about this song probably every day of my life. Like when I see like, you know, you know, really over the top conservative people on the yes. internet. I think of this song. Uh, <laughs> I think on the episode we talked about John Ashcroft singing the "Let Let the Eagle Soar." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's like it's <laughs> so it's so familiar and so ridiculous. But if it was sung today by like Trump, would retweet this video if we sent it to him right now. <laughs> He probably would. He probably would. Yeah. And the, the fact that it's partially written by the creator of, you know, the, well, not the creator, but one of the writers of the series is just like, 
crazy. Well, but... that's what happens with the, like that's how these songs come out of just yeah. like people like, oh, I've been messing around in my garage. I know. I really <laughs> wish. I really wish we could get those guys on the podcast to just have a whole episode about this song and just about that. Really, really like, find oh, out. Would, no, we should. <laughs> we would stop. I would stop everything. Really find out all the other uh, franchises. If there is the anybody the listening that knows any of those three people that he was just listed, we would do an entire mini series about this song. I know. We'll do it. It's so ridiculous. Like I never thought, yeah. you, you know, I never thought that the the uh, the Starship Troopers series would have an original song like this. And the <laughs> yeah. best just come song out, that we've ever just comes covered. out of nowhere. Oh, and there is a music video which I highly recommend you watch. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's worth it. Go oh, do I it. I love it. So that that's the official winner. Yes. yes. Good day to die. Woo! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. I'm just happy we know that it won because we know the reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our first best song winner ever. Good day to die from Starship Troopers Marauder. Congratulations, uh, Starship Troopers people. <laughs> I mean, I it. think it, there's a decent chance it might still be the best song after 300 episodes. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check yeah, back yeah. in. You're, that's true. We'll have to check back that's in. That's true. Well, because also, I, you know, I cut out anything. It had to be original for the films. So no Mamma Mia. I mean, obviously, we all love ABBA, but Mamma Mia, not in the running for this. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Hey, maybe there'll be yeah. some new uh, original songs in Mamma Mia 3. Mamma Mia 3? Justin, you might have to, to cut this out. How much of a good day to die can we all sing off the top of our heads right now? Oh, oh God. We, I can do it. I can't, I can't One, <laughs> two, three. It's, it's a, a good day, day to die, die when you know the reasons why. why. Oh, it's terrible. It's got it. We fight for what is right. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, no, that's enough. Hey, we, we made it to the trumpet. Justin can sing. Yeah. We made it to the trumpet. Oh God! I you mean, guys. that's never stopped me and Tyler, but only Justin should sing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me—we should maybe get Baby Joseph in here. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, you know, speaking of uh, you know musical moments, uh, we're gonna do a little little bit of a teaser here uh, coming up towards the end of the episode. Um, you know, eagle-eyed listeners, if you've been listening since the beginning, might have. Seeing that, uh, you know, normally towards the end of the year, over the holidays, we release like a little blooper episode that kind of puts together some of the stupid stuff that, that uh, you know, didn't make the main episode or times that I messed up the intro or stupid crap like that where we were laughing at dumb shit. Um, and I didn't get to put one out last year. So I just wanted to give you guys a little tease. Uh, I'm still working on the 2019 blooper episode and it will come out here at some point, but I just wanted to... Give everybody a little tease, and it uh, leads right from um, Starship Troopers, and here we go. I would watch an off-Broadway Starship Troopers musical. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, didn't your friend put... Doesn't he do parody musicals or something? We should tell him. Which who? Canon? Didn't he do... Didn't he work on a parody musical? Oh, yeah. He was... Something? No, it was like it was a Dungeons and Dragons musical. Oh, okay. Tell him that... Yeah. Like, we want to co-produce. A Starship Troopers And by co-produce, I mean we'll give him $50. <laughs> That's producing. As long as he includes the Good Day to Die song. And there's no other songs, really. No. You got to write original ones. That's true. Pumping the bugs. Federal Network. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to know more? 
Would you like to know more? <laughs> Do I want to live forever? <laughs> Should we kill them all? <laughs> Do we really have to, to kill, kill them, them all? <laughs> That sounds great. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> I feel like we're fifty percent of the way. <laughs> we already thought of like six songs. songs yeah. <laughs> we just have to license a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Uh, that's going to be featured in our uh, blooper episode coming out uh, later this year. Whenever I get a chance to cut it together, but that is also one we of the should probably gems. write that musical. Yeah, and I'm going to share this clip. I will share this episode with Canon immediately. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> he'll be yeah, maybe he'll be totally on board. Yeah, I love my. I love that we uh, come up with the definition of producing too. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, you give someone fifty dollars? Yeah, give put your name yeah. on the credit. I'm there the producer. Totally, yeah. totally. <laughs> um. And then uh, I have one more surprise for you guys. It's not. It's not on the. Not on the list here. This is oh. just. Uh, this is just a fun. Fun surprise. You. Uh, you know, if you have been listening to some of our blooper episodes, you may have heard. Um, you may have heard this little ditty. Oh God damn it! I want hot milk straight from the teats. 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 Straight from the teats. Teats, 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 straight from the teats, 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 hot milk, teats, straight from the teats, hot milk, teats, 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 straight from the teats, milk, teats, straight from the teats, from the teats, uh, that is, of course, the classic uh, hit song, <laughs> Hot Milk, by Tyler Hymanson. Actually, oh, God. That, that, that remix there is made by uh, my brother, Jordan Camps, who also oh. has, done our, uh, has done our theme song for these, all of these 150 episodes, even a Christmas version when you go back yes. and listen to Jingle All the Way or Home Alone. Uh, I, you know what? I want to give context for that quote, but no, it doesn't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, since the, the hot milk thing has become such a, such a, an amazing, uh, meme that we always bring up, uh, within the podcast and we're always making fun of, uh, Tyler for, for that. I mean, you can go back and find the episode. It could be like a fun, like, where's, where's the hot milk? Uh, yeah. Where's clip? the hot, what could, you know what I, you know what my fear is, is that everyone's like, it could be any episode. Like, why? I honestly like that's have just no something, memory. That's something that Tyler could say. Don't I, even I, you tell me. I won't. I won't. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, but this is 150 episodes, you guys. Like, people have already heard. People have already heard Hot Milk. It's been on the charts for years. It's on yeah. Spotify. People are loving it. You know what? Now it's cold milk. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know when, when Hot Milk is such a huge hit, um, I really think it's time uh, to come out with a sequel. We're all about sequels here. Oh, oh no. So... <laughs> Jordan, for our 150th episodes, put together a brand new track called Hot Milk 2, The Return. <laughs> How's everybody sound? I sound good. Ha 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 
somebody who there should be a recording of <laughs> speaking <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh jordan i love you that's amazing justin i for people who don't know i've never heard that before and that's amazing uh, yeah me neither Oh. I had to mute my microphone because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Of course, you know, mostly completely Eclipse of Tyler uh, talking because <laughs> it's just too funny. It's too funny. Uh, so that's Hot Milk to the return from Jordan Camps, my brother. Uh, such a great, you know, I look forward to hearing Hot Milk 3 whenever it comes oh, out. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because, you know. Uh, if you can, go back through old episodes, find where the original drop was from, tweet at us. We would love to hear it. That's right. I know which one it is. I don't think my co-hosts remember it all. Oh, I, I, not all. I, I'm pretty sure I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Since I'm the one who grabbed the clip in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to bring things down to more of a serious note here, we've reached the time in the award celebration where we need to take a look back at... Um, you know, some of the people who are no longer with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please take a moment with me and the Academy to remember those loved ones that we lost this year. Members that made, meant a great deal to this community. Here now is the 2018 In Memoriam with a special performance by Sequel Rights. stars to the stars <laughs> for those who don't know the super inside joke of what's happening there is that the dragon heart theme for whatever fucking reason is the oscar 
in memoriam theme since it came out like for what 15 years it's not every time any montage yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's incredible it's just like oh here's the music from dragonheart it's the best montage song of all time it's Uh, an it's it's an amazing track and i love when i'm walking around uh california adventure because the the um Ariel themed air, not Ariel the mermaid, but <laughs> airplane themed area <laughs> has just songs from movies about flying, and this is one of them. And so I'll just be walking along, and I'll be like, "Dragon Heart." You're like Max von Sydow. No. Yes. <laughs> so okay, but for the in memoriam, a couple of episodes ago, Tyler mentioned that there is a shockingly large number a storied actors who have been murdered by their own performances in lackluster sequels. That is correct. And so I went back and compiled the actual list and oh, it's no. actually not as bad as I thought, but it's pretty bad. So I'm going to share with you the list here and Tyler and Justin have not heard this. So, so to be clear, this is the list of actors whose final performance was in a bad sequel In a bad sequel that we specifically have covered. Oh, oh okay, got okay. it. Yes. A sequel rights sequel. Yeah. So we've said, we said bon voyage to a beloved actor while hating on a movie at some point. <laughs> we did. Yes. So most recently, you may remember that Ricardo Montalban, his final role was as grandfather in Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Oh, man. He still didn't have a first name in in the third one? Nope. Oh, grandfather. I think maybe he did, (laughs) but he's still just credited as grandfather. That's sad. And so going back to to our very first series ever, uh, Jimmy Stewart storied actor jimmy stewart was killed by his role as the dog sheriff wiley e burp in an american tale five goes west i like how it's like he was killed by that role yes. that's he was, he was killed, killed by, by the role that's why he yes. died no, he next, decided to not jump off the bridge <laughs> next we have prolific actress patty edwards who was killed by her role as satellite number one in the brave little toaster goes to mars oh no (laughs) so bad and you know yes this person was in multiple movies as this role but regardless he was killed thorough ravenscroft was killed by his role as kirby the vacuum the legendary kirby in brave little toaster goes to mars <laughs> <laughs> whoa that is that the deadliest movie we've had yeah is oh, that just you movie? wait oh, oh no just you wait, just okay. you oh, wait. yeah <laughs> next we have deforest kelly bones himself from star trek who was killed by his role as the viking one spacecraft in brave little toaster goes to mars oh my god oh no were they just going down the list of aging celebrities and being like finally finally legendary actress of stage and screen carol channing was killed by her role as Fanny the ceiling fan in Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars, no! the deadliest movie of all time. Oh my god! Four people? Yeah. What? Four people? Wow! That is oh my god! Sad. I can't believe that. Yep. Wow! Wow! That's it. That's the whole list. It was That's six the whole people. List? It was six people, and four of them were Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. Ah. 
I mean, it kind of makes I'm sense. forgetting someone, but I really, I went through the whole list of episodes and was like, okay, yeah, this one, this one, yeah. So, I guess it makes sense that most of them are from animated films. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> the person doesn't have to do a whole lot. Yeah. Right. Oh, boy. Or a film where well, you're just ahead, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. That's well, I'm glad up. we figured that after 150 episodes, but it's the <laughs> most deadly movie that we've worked upon. You'd oh, think it would man. be one of those uh, open waters or something. You yeah. would think nope. so. Those Smart. people actually no. died from sharks. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that is amazing. That is crazy. Well, I'm glad you did all that research. That is so funny. <laughs> That's, I'm glad we know that now, yes. So yes. I, if I've ever asked to work on a Brave Little Toaster movie, I will say no. <laughs> you can do it now. You're young. Just don't do it when you're old. No, there's a curse. There's a curse <laughs> of the toaster. <laughs> That's right. Well, you guys, uh, you know, it's really been fun reflecting on these 150 episodes. Um, 150 down, guys. Yeah, I kind of can't. How's it feel? I kind of can't believe it. Uh, yeah, and you know, when we first started, I, I, yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. And this, this has been so much fun. And we, I just feel like we've really grown as a uh, podcast team. And um, it shows in, you know, the interviews that we have and, and the production values of our show getting better. You you heard that SS Wilson interview like yeah. <laughs> that was early on. Shout where... out to Justin for doing all the audio and all the production for us. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, he's done oh. all the production. I, I would say that if you can go back and listen, I, I starting this podcast, I never would have thought that we would have been able to interview all the wonderful people mm-hmm. that we have, and even if I wrote a list at that time, they wouldn't have included some of the people that you know I came out of completely left field for us to talk to and every conversation that we've had has just been so warm and informative and just really lovely and it's my favorite part of this so if you scroll through our backlog and you see an episode that's featuring somebody uh even if you're not a huge fan of our shtick uh, I recommend listening to them because I, I really do think that we've gotten some uh just amazing insight about kind of it's not about making movies particularly but it's about making movies underneath the exact pressures of there's something that happens when you're in your third and fourth movie where it, <laughs> there's just a, there's just a level of honesty that emerges yep. um and i i've gotten a lot of joy uh talking with everyone we've been able to talk to yeah i for me the podcast is i'm really proud of it um it's very fulfilling and i'm so glad that we've been able to keep doing it um you know these past couple years i kind of like changed careers and stopped doing as much journalism and started doing other stuff and so this has been like a really good um outlet for me to keep those skills going um and you know, I think uh, it's been good for us, like, as friends. I mean, sometimes, like, <laughs> I don't have a significant other, but I feel like sometimes your guys' significant others, like, oh, another podcast joke, like, when it's the three of us, or, like, you're, you know, the rest of our friends are around, and we're like, oh, good day to die, you know, I mean, everyone's like, oh, what? they're talking about some podcast thing, yep. you know, so... That's always fun. We're the pariahs of our friend group for having a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I, yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun. I hope 
our listeners have had a lot of fun. And if this is the first episode that you're listening to, I think that there's no shame in hopping around. I think there's no shame in going back and listening to some of these episodes. There's tons of other guests that we've had that are equally as worthy of listening to. And it's just been a ton of fun to talk about these movies and even when the movies have not been fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, and, th- you know, thanks to you listening and exactly. everyone who's ever yeah. listened or shared or uh, downloaded or anything. It all helps us. And uh, we've received a lot of great notes from people along the way. Yes. And, and those uh, those notes really help keep us going and, you know, let us know that you're listening and you're enjoying what we're doing. And yeah, like we can't do it without you guys. So thank you. Thank you for everyone who's been there and shared it with their friends or listened to an episode or two. We appreciate and it. if you've made it to the end of this 150th episode and there's a certain franchise that you want to talk about or mm-hmm. that there's something there's a, a movie that you want to discuss, let us know. Like, we'd be happy to have you on. We'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, and uh, if you have any suggestions, we're, you know, always looking for something else. Uh, we just finished Spy Kids. And we might be moving on to something else. I don't know if we're announcing it yet. I don't know if we're completely decided. But that's all for another time. This is about celebration. Yeah. And you can uh, send us your comments, sequelrights at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where I still am trying to get the back catalog up. Uh, I'm trying to keep up with the current episodes, but I will chip away at that back catalog uh, for you guys that like to listen on YouTube. That's right. And uh, this evening, uh, when we're recording this, we're going to leave you with one last uh, parody song for you guys to kind of close out the show and go out on this one. Um, this was a fun one I did for uh, one of the the Benji movies. I believe it was from Benji with love or no? What was it? No, for the love for the of love of Benji. Benji. Sorry, I'm getting... from Benji from Benji with love. <laughs> from Benji with <laughs> love. Benji I'm getting the, uh, you know, okay. on her Benji's Benji are forever. Service. Spoiler yeah. spoiler alert. It's a uh, yeah exactly Benji eyes. <laughs> it's a James Bond parody of uh, you know nobody does it. Better from The Spy Who Loved Me by Carly Simon. Uh, so we're leaving you tonight with the song Nobody's Dog is Cuter. Thanks for being here. Nobody's dog is cuter Makes me feel warm in my chest Nobody's dog is half as good near me I saw a shadow in the moonlight a cute dog in front of me for the love of Benji is keeping So come
barking There's some kind of something you're trying to say We're not comprehending But that bark is outstanding Has anyone seen my kids around today?